And we just classed it up, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into No Layups. David Nuno, Raheel Ramzanali. Um, I got a studio, buddy. How about that? Look at you. You've got a two shot. You can you can actually change up your cameras now, which is impressive. Moving on up in the world. Shout out to Texas. Hi there. Look at that. The big studio view, Dalton. I got a producer. How about that? Oh, look at this. Hello. Oh, and I'm in the background. Dalton, uh, cam two, cam two. Let's take cam two. Take take one, take one, take cam one, please. All right, take cam one. Look at this. I love it. I love it. Welcome in, buddy. I'm confused. It's so good. Yeah. Like, I, I'm <laughs> this is awesome. Look at that. Me, uh, I'm still in my same, my home studio, which is my master bedroom and my rocking chair. So I haven't upgraded yet like you. Well, I, look, I, uh, I'm moving up the world, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm in the SEC now. You know, this is not the Big 12. Yeah. Where apparently you get penalized for trash talking. What a loser conference, Raheel. Sorry. What a loser team. Anybody that decides to throw the horns down because it's so unoriginal. I don't mind it. Like, whatever. It's an easy thing to do, but it's so unoriginal. See, like, that's the best trash talk. That's the SEC education right there. It's like, man, we ain't got nothing else. So we can't think of anything more creative. You penalize somebody for hurting my feelings. No, it's a penalty because you're not creative. It's not hurting feelings. The Big 12 is saying, guys, we live in 2021. We have access to more information than ever in lifetime combined. And this is the best that the youth of America can come up with is a horns down. It's simply flipping the sign upside down. And you're like, this is it. This is the best I can come up with. You are in college. This is supposed to be a creative time. Think of something better than that. That's why it's a penalty because we expect more from our student athletes. Bro, what a loser conference. All right. That's just the facts. I mean, you, you want <laughs> a loser conference, loser mentality. Um, the last time Texas A&M played a Big 12 team in a bowl game, they destroyed Oklahoma. That's all I remember. I don't remember what else the last game. Nothing else. I remember that one. Okay. No, you do. Uh, when is the banner unveiling for you guys? Uh, what, which banner are we the talking na- about? The national title? The one championship that we're going to win when we steamroll <laughs> the SEC, that banner, we're going to wait till Ooh. after the championship. Not according to Tim Brando. This isn't the year, buddy. Okay? Hey. This isn't the year, buddy. I saw that. Thank you for posting those recaps. I enjoy those, by the way. You like, you like those on... Yeah, so for yeah. those who don't know, I have uh, left the beautiful mothership called ABC 13. I still consider them family. And, uh, you know, you never know. I may be showing up on 3310 Bissonette trying to knock on the door. Hey, your ID doesn't work, but I, I love my time there. But I've come, I've come out to a college station, been here now. This is week number two. I'm, I'm the host of Tech Sags Radio. Had a blast doing it. And I, I had forgotten, Rahizi, that the – so I, I, can be very, I can be very David Nuno here. People who are watching this are probably not 150 years old who get mad at Bad Bunny on the radio, who get mad at anybody who has a different opinion. Now, Timmy B, I will say this. We used to make fun of Timmy B when we worked at SNR, but he was always very nice to me. Uh, and when I got to be on the network, it was the number one pick, by the way. The number one pick for the network was David Nuno in the Gallup Media days. What a bad decision by then. <laughs> John and Lancer, they picked me. But... Um, he was always very nice to me. I hosted a show a couple of times. I think Raheel, you hosted the Tim Brando show at least once in your life. I did. Yeah, they were, and I used to like openly make fun of the show, but they were like, we have nobody else today. So I guess uh, this guy's going to work. So yeah, they threw me on there, but yeah, he was very nice to me. Uh, yeah. 
And nice guy. Nice guy. Very nice guy to me. And uh, he's very close to Spencer Tillman, who we're both very close to, right? And I thought it would be a brilliant idea to get Timmy B on the show. And he was very nice. But some of the opinions that he had, people didn't like it. And I get it. Like, you know, he doesn't, yeah, but he doesn't think A&M's, this is their year to beat Alabama. Um, and he had some not-so-kind things to say about Jimbo. <laughs> really? I didn't see that part. No, he just thinks Jimbo has not shown up in the big moments. Now, I think if you take the step back, you can say, yeah, he has. He, he won a national championship. Every game at A&M that he is supposed to win, he has won. Yes, he lost to Clemson at the last second. Yes, he's lost to Alabama a couple times. Um, but I believe he has won the games he needs to win. And this year, hopefully there's a step forward. Last year was a very nice year for A&M. Uh, and by the way, I, I was thinking to myself, since you're a Longhorn and you, you like to do the horns up, last year could have gone so different for you guys that the narrative would be completely different, right? Like one game goes different, maybe two. Sark is not your coach. It's still Tom Herman, which would have been awesome for me. I would have laughed. I would have loved oh, every second of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's the, that's the difference, right? It, in terms of who the coach is, where the program is headed, it's a couple of honestly that define what the future is and that's that's one of the bad things about college football but that's one of the great things about college football because your team can have a new life all of a sudden and it's all gas no breaks which is kind of dangerous by the way I, I think that slogan isn't a isn't a safe slogan I'm a longhorn I love my horns but all gas no breaks sometimes you got to put the brakes on okay sometimes you got to go speed limit it's okay but you're right you know the TCU game they they end up winning that game and they don't fumble in in couple of key moments maybe we're talking about a different ending of the season maybe there's more momentum but you're right it it, it yes like that's what college football is all about so you know i'm excited for it it's here training camp by the way for nfl starts in a couple of weeks college football players are going to be reporting here in a couple of weeks as well so we are less than a month and a half away from first kick, which is exciting. Otherwise, I don't want to turn this into a college football show because that's what Texag is for. But uh, how has Texag been for you? What, what's the latest? Give me a three-star cornerback that you're excited about. Well, let me give you a couple things. The thing that I've been most excited about is the balance. Yeah, like Getting home at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon has been very nice. Yeah, The biggest transition has been waking up at 5.30 in the morning. Ooh. Now. That one hour difference. So I usually wake up around six twenty, like school year, you know. But that one hour difference, and I, you know, how I complain about my sleep a lot. Uh, I have not figured out my sleep schedule yet because five thirty, even with a seven hour night of sleep or eight hour, it still feels like five thirty. Eventually, my body will get acclimated, but that has been the big part. That's been the big adjustment to me. There's been a couple of occasions that I've gone to bed at ten thirty or ten forty, um, and that thirty. 40 minute difference, you know, from going to bed at 9 45, 10 o'clock to 10 40 at 5 30 has been a uh, disaster for me. Um, yeah. That part I have not liked, but uh, I have liked the balance. I've liked having an actual weekend. For example, Rahizi, I was done, I think, Friday, like at one o'clock, two o'clock, right? Wow. And I went home, hung out with my family. I worked out, hung out with my family. We actually had an evening out. We had some dinner. We came back. We watched a little Loki. Then uh, Saturday, wake up, work out, play some soccer with the kids, go to uh, – we went to this hotel, the Hotel Stella, and overlooks all of uh, Bryant and College Station. Beautiful, great uh, hotel, great field. Uh, we had, I actually had – so by the time Sunday came, I, my body was used to going to work. 
I still have time off, buddy. So yeah. That, that part has been great. I know during football season, I'll be working seven days. That's you know what we do in, in football, especially in college football, because I'll be traveling to the away games. But uh, what what a great um, – it's been a great adjustment. The, I, I think the, the other part that is – it's just interesting dealing with a college football base compared to a news base, right? Mm. So you remember like you go on in ABC 13's Facebook page. If there's like a weather story or if there's like a you know murder story – millions of comments and people are mean. I'm on the left. I'm on the right. You're over there. You look like this. You look like that. But then when you go to the sports stories, kind of crickets, like the kind of like, you know, Oh, the Texas played. Yay. You know, unless the Texas did something, you know, there, it, it wasn't a very polarizing world in college sports. All fans, very polarizing, especially uh, I, I I've realized that it's um, it's a different world and I, and I, and I'm enjoying the transition. That's good, man. I'm glad the transition is working out. You're getting a little bit more free time. You're giving your body a chance to recover before the grind that is football season. So uh, I I'm happy to hear that, man. And the show sounds good. I I've listened a few times and I've enjoyed it so far. Lucci is just always he he's Lucci. So that's that's the easy part. You just know you just know you're going to get something wild every single day. Right? Yeah. Um Luch is great. And by the way, we talked about having you guys on air together at some point. So we need to get you on the show. What, what, what is cool, though, Raheel, is the fact that, look, we're, we're in this awesome studio, right? And it is a tech, it's, it's called TechStacks Radio, but it's TechStacks Media, honestly, because we are, we have the capabilities of doing everything that, uh, I don't want to say everything we did at Channel 13, but a lot of the same kind of capabilities. Uh, the fact that I can turn to different cameras, the fact that I can do a Zoom television style interview and i have that audience which is different than my am radio audience which is different than maybe my dot com who wants to listen on the go audience like i've got three different areas and now i'm trying to grow the youtube side uh which has been fun doing the the uh, texax rewind which are just little short you, you don't have to be an aggie to watch it i in fact i think you should watch it anyway i think especially yeah, i watched a few you are because you're my friend but I think you should. No, tell no. I watched because I was like, "Yeah, let's make fun of the Aggies, Tim Brando. Let's get this." That's why I watched. He didn't say anything that bad. <laughs> he did. No, of course, I watch. I, 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 I like watching and supporting my friends, but I also consume a lot of media because I am that. I love radio, podcasts, TV clips, internet, whatever. Like I like consuming information, so I've enjoyed it so far. I've got a few things here for you. Um, By so. The way, I don't mean to cut you yeah. off. Can we just remind people, like, we haven't even talked about our guest list today. I know. That's what that's what I wanted to do was uh, jump into what, what we have actually to talk yeah. about. So we've got a few topics. We posted our question, if you're watching on Periscope or on Facebook, our, our question is regarding MLB's superstar problem. And some of that came to the, uh, to the four forefront of the conversation with the Shohei Otani comments by Stephen A. Smith. I want to get your thoughts on that as well in a second. So I, I've got a solution and I know what it is, right? And it's something I can't control, but I know the problem. So we'll talk about that in a second. We also have Brendan Hunt, who plays Coach Beard from Ted Lasso season two coming out next Friday on the 23rd. Now we've been lucky enough to watch the episodes. Did you watch all three? The access to Do I still have access to that third one, you think, if I tried? You can use mine. Yeah, I think you should. You can use my login. Uh, but we, I've watched all three. It's a little bit more risky this season. Risque? I think the word yeah. is. Yeah. 
No, it's a little bit more, yeah, risque. Um, I I was like, whoa, what are they doing here? Hold on, I thought this was a kid's show, but it's not a kid's show. We have to remind ourselves that. And one of the interesting things from that interview, we did this interview a couple of weeks back. Uh, Brendan actually said, oh, we didn't, we didn't write this show to be inspirational. It just happens to be inspirational. He's like, we just wrote it because we wrote it. And, you know, it's inspired people, which is interesting because I always felt like th- from the start, this is all about inspiring people, making them happy. He's like, no, it just happened to be like, it just happened. So what are we supposed to do now? But uh, yeah, so we have that interview to play NBA finals. Okay. The Texans, the Texans have made a, uh, a move that people are freaking out about and the marketing like, side not letting fans in no not letting uh so yeah only season ticket holders are allowed to come to open training camp practices you know before anybody could come through if you got a ticket online it was a really cool event it's fun those like as a fan are some of the cool practices because the players you know ramp it up a little bit more it's nice to see them that close because you even if you have front row tickets at nrg you're not that close right you are literally on the field it's awesome it's one of the coolest things so they are taking that away because mark vandermeer of of course the houston texans and texans radio said this so they have to have a 20 yard barrier now so you can't like that immediately takes away space that you normally have you can't have because of covid protocols so you have to limit some of the fans that's fine i like the move there's a negative feeling about the team right there's no hiding this with the deshaun watson stuff with the rebuild with everything that happened in the offseason so far is there a negative energy about the team yes why would you not limit the audience to people that are diehard fans aka season ticket holders like that's a smart marketing move and if that means that maybe someone someone else even signs up for the season tickets because they love that event then that's extra revenue coming in as well well let me tell you a couple of things first off I'm going to have an issue with everything they do because they have proven to me they can't make the right decision. So even if I thought that was the right move for another franchise, I would say it's the wrong move for the Texans because they have not handled anything correctly, especially the last couple of years. That's A. B, um, I remember with the Dynamo with uh, some fell level teams, right, um, that especially guys like Zach Emmons, who does a wonderful job, and, and Edgar over there. They do great work, right? Aloma with the Dash. They do whatever they can to cater to the media, uh, in part because they know they need to to get the coverage, right? And the other part is it makes the media more willing to come, right? They do the same thing with fans. They open up certain events to fans to make it more. You are the Texans. You are public enemy number one. With It's not your grandpa's Texans, right? We... People are upset with this. Are, are, are they going to still sell out? I don't think they are, but apparently they think they are. Mm-hmm. The anything you've everything you've done has been negative. You need to do some things that are positive and out of the box. And you know what? Hey, we know we screwed up by trading our best player and our our star quarterback has done some sketchy things and he wanted to leave and JJ's gone. We know we've done everything wrong, ladies and gentlemen, but we're welcoming you back so you can meet your favorite star player or soon to be star player. Come in and join us. That's how they should handle it, but they are incapable of, of handling that. I understand that, you know, invite everyone in, welcome them, and grow the base and all that and get all the goodwill. It's not going to happen, right? There, If you open it up, it's literally going to be a bleep show because it's that bad. Next year, they're going to open it back up because the more you get removed from it, it's also a rebuild, 
Okay, it's it's just your. You know what, Texans fans, it's your time to serve the rebuild gods. So because it is the rebuild. If you don't open it up when they suck, you're not going to open it up when they matter. That's fine, but what I'm saying is it's a rebuild, and you've got a toxic offseason with Deshaun and the Easterby stuff. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't you control the narrative? Like if you, for me, if I'm in charge of marketing and they go, hey, marketing guy, based on everything you've seen, every time you guys post a tweet or on Facebook, you guys get lit up with negative comments. What should we do? Should we open it up to get those comments in person now and anybody can roll up? Or do we, for this off season, be smart about it and control what we can? And I think from a marketing standpoint, it's the right move. From a fan perspective, I hate it because... I remember when I was a college student, I couldn't afford the tickets and I had to walk five miles in the snow to school and all that stuff. I, I, that was my only chance to watch the Texans, right? Is the training camp tickets, which are free, which is awesome. But unfortunately, this is a different offseason. This is an offseason that they've never experienced and most NFL franchises won't experience because of Deshaun Watson yep. and his actions and everything that happened with the GM search and Jack Easterby. Look. Again, I'm going to just tell you what it is. There's incapable of making the right decision. So whatever decision they make, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it's the wrong decision. And that's not to say that I don't like some of the people in that building, right? Uh, Actually, I've dealt with Cal McNair. Very friendly guy. Um, Nice, right? Um, But, and I said um a lot, so I apologize. He has not handled the narrative well. I don't know who you're going to blame. Janice, Cal, Jack Easterby. The whole thing is just a, a disaster. Yeah. And fans should be upset, but the ones who would go to that kind of thing are diehards. They would, I mean, the, you know what I'm saying? Like they, that's, they live and die with the Texans. They'd be willing to listen to your, your point of view, your narrative. They would absolutely. Uh, and that's where I have my problem. But, you know, I think we probably wasted too much time on the Texans because they're not worthy of the time. Like <laughs> Tyrod Taylor, good story there, right? Like, I mean, there's some, there, you know, David Johnson, I think, finished the season last year a little bit better than he started. Still not worth the DeAndre Hopkins trade. No. Uh, all the bad will with the Deshaun stuff. They're just, I am not excited about this season at all. No. And even if they were good, I haven't been excited about Texas football in years. Even the years that we thought they were fake good, the year that they went to the almost, excuse me, almost went to the AFC championship game. <laughs> when they were up, what was it, 28 7, whatever, whatever yeah. it was. Just me in a bad mood thinking about it. They're just incapable of making the right decisions. Fair enough. Okay, uh, Major League Baseball, their all-star game just happened on Tuesday night and the home run derby Monday. I didn't. Wa- I watched an inning. Uh, I- I'm not interested in it. No Astros were playing, so I really don't care. Even if the Astros were playing, I probably wouldn't have turned in or tuned in for more than an inning anyways. Right. But the big question around Major League Baseball is their lack of a superstar. Right, and we saw the comments that Stephen A. Smith made. Is it because Shohei Otani is a foreigner and he doesn't speak English and all that stuff? I think the one thing people are forgetting, and by the way, I want to shout out to Sports Talk 790. I did radio with them yeah. and Adam Clanton yesterday, and it, it was fun. It was a, it was a really good time. But one of the things I brought up there, and then listening to sports radio, reading you know thought pieces and Twitter about MLB superstar problem, everyone brings up Mike Trout. Everyone brings up Bryce Harper, right? Because they're naturally like the some of the best players. Mike Trout should be a superstar, megastar, all that. Do you know what's missing here? It's not that Mike Trout doesn't want to be a superstar and he doesn't want to be in the limelight. It's not because Bryce Harper uh, doesn't want to do it or this player doesn't want to do it. It comes down to one thing. 
And it comes down to what sports is all about. Their best players aren't winning. And when you win, you get naturally become the best player that gets all this limelight. You're in the limelight. You get all the superstar accolades. You're getting all the coverage. When you win in the playoffs, when you win in the World Series, when you win in those big moments, that's when MLB's superstars need to start doing it, and that's when they take off. Well, let me throw this in there. The problem is, yeah, that is part of the problem. There's no doubt about mm -hmm. that. The problem is that baseball has vilified the best player in baseball, the most clutch player in baseball, because he played on a team that did what other teams were doing. Yeah, I'm still upset about how Jose Altuve is not protected the way other superstars are protected, right? Yeah. You know, Mike, uh, not Aaron Judge. I was about to call him Mike Judge. Yeah. Aaron Judge, who I think by all accounts, other than his little riff with the Astros, seems to be a pretty good dude, right? Yeah. Like, nice like, guy. Uh, yeah. Big, seems great. like a good guy. Yeah. His little beef with Altuve only strengthens the hate for Altuve. Alt Correct me. Like, I think I read the report. Altuve didn't want to participate in it, right? Well, yeah, that was the fan report that somebody went back and tracked every at-bat for all the players during the season that Altuve was one of the least participants, and he bare, like he rarely participated in it. And players said that he, Carlos Correa, I think it was the one who said, he didn't use it. He got mad. Yeah. He would get mad at people. And there's like video evidence of him looking like, what are you doing, right? Yeah. Also, didn't they say that there was no evidence of a device used? So, there's, so, so the way the, the weirdos in the world work is... Hey, Major League Baseball is going to defend Altuve a little bit, but not a lot. So, yeah, we'll tell you 100% he didn't use a device, but he may have participated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The report is the report. He didn't use it. Yeah. Yeah. You, if you believe one part of the report, you can't dismiss the other part. That That's the big thing. So, like, okay, but you brought up Altuve, Correa. They're big names. The jersey sales, by the way, for Altuve reflect that he is a big star and whether it be that be the Houston market and Venezuela or anywhere else, right? Like those markets. What well, he's a star, right? But why did he become a star? It wasn't because you know he's a small guy. He won. He it, it was because of him winning. Same thing with the Dodgers, right? All the Dodgers players that get the national love, Kershaw's on commercials. It's because they get to the World Series. They're constantly there when the games matter the most, when the ratings are the best, and that's what happens. Mike Trout is never there. Mike Trout. No, you know why casual fans don't know about Mike Trout and Doesn't they've play. never heard him talk because he's he, he, they don't win. They don't win. Even if he was not hurt, nobody's watching Mike Trout. And he, you could be great, but you're not game changing great until you change a game. You yes. change a series. Yes. Jose that's, has changed series. Carlos Correa yeah. has changed series. Uh, Kershaw has changed series for the good end. George, George Springer is a national name because of what he did in the 2017 World Series, winning Most Valuable Player. What he did last the, year. Yeah, it's like marquee moments do make you. Same thing with Otani. That's going to be an issue here. As you know, it, it's not because he's a foreigner. It's not because he doesn't speak English. No one cares about post uh, post game press conferences outside of the the nerds, right? With in any sport, in any sport, not just us. Uh, I'm not making fun of baseball, even basketball. No one cares about the post game press conference, right? It's not because of any of that. It's because Otani, unfortunately, a month from now, his team isn't going to be in the playoff chase. His team isn't going to be in the playoffs. And this Otani stuff now, he's not the superstar of baseball because of that, not because of anything else. And same thing with those other guys. So that was my, think, that's my thing. But I think there is something to not being on TV all the time, right? Uh, talking all the time. There is something like 
one of the things that people got annoyed with with JJ and JJ didn't win for the record, but JJ was everywhere. Was but JJ made big plays in the playoffs. He did. He that's sure, sure, sure. right sure. like that. That's part of it. Sure, JJ is JJ. If they don't, sorry, sorry, if JJ doesn't win those playoff games, even though it was one playoff game, right, and they only got to a certain level, they never got to the AFC title game. They only won one or two playoff games. If he doesn't win those, he's just TJ Watt. TJ Watt is right now is potentially the best rusher in the league. He's not on campaigns. He's not popular because they haven't won yet. Yeah, but let's let's remember JJ beat the Bengals. Who else did he beat? He beat the Bengals twice and maybe the Buffalo Bills, right? The, I'm yeah. sure there's one other in there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he won a couple of first playoff games. Uh, but I, I think the fact that he is so marketable and on TV and knows how to answer a question goes a long way to his marketability. And maybe it does hurt Shohei a little bit. But I do think people talk about Shohei everywhere I go. It's about Otani everywhere. Yeah, like that it is, you know, so he but yeah, you got to win. I, th- I think there are multiple layers to this, but you have to win. And um, by the way, I didn't see the Connor fight. You mentioned Stephen A. Smith. So it was it. And I wanted to watch it. It was one of those that I was actually considering paying for. There was mm-hmm. one year that I had a really good friend of mine who I, I do a video podcast with who gave me the password of an awesome little place to to watch the fight. I think that was the – remind me. I'm not saying it was you, but it was somebody like No, no, no. It was uh, – which one was it? Which one did I buy? I forgot. I Khabib. forgot which one it was. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I bought it, and I gave everyone my password. Don't so tell the world what you did. It's fine. It's fine. But so, no, you guys just happened to log into my account. What am I supposed to do? Say no? What was that? Uh, could we have done that again? Would that have worked? Yes. Oh, gosh, I was about to spend eighty dollars, and I'm like, I'm not going to stay awake for this fight because it's going to. So, it, it apparently has been proven now. The strike before he broke his ankle, whatever you call it, is what caused it. His, correct. His tibula, right? I thought it was a tibula break. Yeah, tibula, tib- tibula break. Um, I, I'm not sure. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the footage where it happened. I've I've seen reports that could have been from his fight camp. Uh, it could just be a freak thing, right? Like it just happened that, you know, he just took one bad step. Um, but it happened and Connor lost. And guess what? If Connor comes back a year and a half from now, because it's going to take a while, okay? A break like that, it's going to take a while to rehab, get back into shape, fighting shape. Done. And, and get, you know, who knows? But if he comes back and they give him another fight, I'm going to watch. I you know what I'm in. Yeah. I did. I, I like Connor, which. Goes against like my typical like, not like I don't like Floyd Mayweather, but they're really the same guy in different. Oh, well, Floyd's much more accomplished and you know, arguably the greatest of all time. I just don't like him. Mm-hmm. But Connor's very similar to him. Like he is a salesman. He is combative. He has done some things that you cringe about. But I love to watch him fight. I love it. Yes, that, he's a businessman. He knows how to, he knows how to bring business in with his words, with his actions which sometimes are, you know, like they cross the line a lot of times, honestly. Yep. But that's intrigue. You know what fight doesn't interest me in terms of the, the buildup? Charles Oliveira against Dustin Poirier. I'm, are you interested in that? No. No. That's the title fight. That's the, the title fight right there. You know why? Because there's, no, there's going to be no buildup. Both guys are respectful. The trash talk's going to be limited. Now, from a fight standpoint, it's going to be an actually a decent fight. Like, it's going to be fun to watch. But there's no buildup. But if it was Connor and Charles over, man, it's going to be awesome. The buildup would be madness. 
who else can we get excited about? I mean, because I mean, the best fighter in the world isn't fighting right now. Could be mm -hmm. right. Um, I don't follow the sport the way you do, but I it's like boxing with, and I still love boxing when it's a big fight. Right? I love Anthony yeah. Joshua. Like big fight events, I think they're a party, they're an event that for about eleven years I wasn't allowed to watch because I was working Saturday nights. I am I, I'm excited to be able to participate in those kind of matchups. Who else can I get excited about in UFC? That like that's a fight guy that I want to watch. So there's there's three that immediately jump out. Uh, Usman is like the I, I think Usman's a freak of a fighter, the heavyweight champion yep. Francis Ngannou. He's amazing to watch, and then hopefully Derek Lewis in his next fight wins, and maybe he gets a shot. Right, H Town's own the Black Beast. Maybe he gets a shot. My favorite fighter right now, though, in terms of style, the the talk, the buildup is uh, Israel Adesanya. I love I love Stylebender. I think he's just He's a he's a kid of the internet who knows how to troll people, and he can actually back it up with legit fighting. Remind me who's the and I interviewed him and I should remember his name. And when I when you say it, I'll be like, oh yeah, who used to be an HPD officer who just fought this past weekend? Uh, uh, te uh, Tevin Giles. Yeah, love that dude. Did yeah, he he unfor he lost he lost TKO second round I believe. Is that his first loss? Uh, I'm not sure. I'll have to go look at his record. I don't recall off the top of my head. Super good guy. I Great dude. Great dude. And uh, I only caught part of Dana's press conference afterwards, but it looks like he's going to keep going to Houston. Yeah. So uh, one of the big things now is they they love Houston. And I think one of the big obvious connections for us, we know behind the scenes, uh, Mick Maynard, who a uh, dear friend of ours, who, by the way, started Legacy Fighting Championship and Lone Star Beatdown. They're in uh, Bryan College Station. I don't know if you know that fun fact. Their first paper or their first fight was there. Uh, in the greater metro you're, area, you're, yeah, you're talking about the in the very beginning days, right? Very, the I think it's called Lone Star Beatdown back then. Yeah. So uh, that eventually turned into Legacy Fighting, and he now works as one of the uh, matchmakers for the UFC. He's you know Dana's right hand man, and I think that connection of the Houston, he's a Houston guy, so that connection has met Houston as one of the destinations for the UFC, right? Las Vegas is obviously one because that's their headquarters. That's, you know, that's fight town, right? Las Vegas, that's right. been one. Um, and now Houston is up there. Houston, I would say Houston is honestly number two. Uh, that's great to say. And I, I, now that I may have some Saturday nights, I might be able to frequent yeah. some of those matchups. Um, what else we got on the agenda, Heasy? Okay, uh, we've hit on the Texans. We've hit on the Astros. We've got Coach Beard from Ted Lasso, Brendan Hunt, that interview, which, by the way, I was downloading during while you were talking because I totally forgot to do it. I totally forgot to do it. I was like, wait, did I do I have this interview somewhere? And I couldn't find it on my on my desktop. And I was like, oh, no, what if the link expired? But it didn't. Oh, I, yeah, because, you know, it, it's a it's a Dropbox link because it was a yeah. virtual interview. But I have that interview, so we'll, we'll play that in a second. One last thing, the Rockets draft number two pick. Yeah. I am, uh, after watching his games, Jalen Green is the guy. He is, even if they had the number one pick, I would take Jalen Green, not Cade Cunningham. Watching, having watched Cade's games in the Big 12, because I'm a Big 12 hoopy, I love it. Jalen Green is... He's explosive. He's great off the ball. He doesn't need the ball, and he doesn't get cranky if he doesn't get it right. Because right. when he was playing with the Ignite, um, he did he didn't have the ball. He wasn't the main playmaker. Uh, it was actually Kaminga who was, and it's what, you know like he, huh? Yeah, eight, he's nineteen now, I think. Yeah, he uh, 
he's he's fun he's fun to watch. And I keep seeing people, and I know this happens this time of year. Somehow the Rockets are gonna get the first and second pick. Let's do Whoa. it. <laughs> They're gonna get the whole draft. What? We're gonna get everybody we want. No, I, I, I just after watching the a few games and just reading up on him, watching some of his interviews as well. Man, this kid is special. He reminds me a lot of last year's uh, number one pick, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. And the way he plays, how explosive he is. So, I, I hope they, I hope they end up taking him. And, and our, our mutual friend Ken Hoffman got mad at me. Because yesterday when I was doing that uh, the show, the A-Team with Adam Clanton on Sports Talk 790, my last take on the whole thing about Jalen Green, and I said, with that nucleus of Jay Sean Tate, KPJ, KJ Martin, and now Jalen Green, if they draft him, that's a young nucleus that could eventually win if another guy comes in like Chris Paul, right? Like what Chris Paul did with the Suns. Right. The Suns had missed the playoffs. You know, like... Like it, it, there's a chance that they have that, but I said the nucleus is awesome, and he's like, "No, they won 11 games. There's no way that's a good nucleus." I said, "Hoffy, you're looking at the numbers. Did you watch the games?" No, 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 no. The numbers don't lie. Okay, they won oh. 11 games. They were st- hey, oh, statistically, they were the worst team in NBA history. That's not a nucleus. I'm like, yes, I understand that, but this team was also tanking. Like they were sitting guys that should yeah. be sitting. And, and Christian Wood, the way this, the team started the season, the way they finished are two different teams. And yes, yeah. uh, James was there, but Christian Wood was balling out early on. Um, look, I don't know what to think. The NBA, you asked in the rundown if I'm watching the NBA finals. I'm watching. Yeah. Uh, I'm you not awake for all of it. That's the best. No, but but you're I'm, turning it on? Yeah, I'm watching. Yeah, the kids and I are, the boys and I are watching a lot of it. I, I've, I've enjoyed being able to keep up with the NBA Finals. That used to be like my thing. Like, uh, I'm talking about all the way from the age of eight. I, I don't remember missing an NBA Finals mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and, and it's been great to watch. Uh, and to be honest with you, both storylines to me are intriguing. I love Chris Paul. I went in to get his NBA championship. He was very polite to me. The other thing is, I, uh, I love Chris Middleton. And I think Milwaukee's story overall. Is great because people keep counting him out, and they find ways. They they left him for dead in that Brooklyn series after Kevin Durant had 117 points in five seconds. Like the way he dominated them, people thought it was done. I think they went up three two at that point. Yeah, and then Milwaukee came back and won the next two. They're a team you cannot destroy. They're cockroaches, and I think both storylines have been great. Yeah, and it's you know that's the difference, right? You got young guys, and Booker balled out, but. You know, Bridges hasn't done anything since that big game two, I believe he had. Um, when you have young guys as opposed to a veteran-led team, which the Bucks are and Drew Holiday, P.J. Tucker, Giannis, Middleton, as you mentioned, it's going to be hard to put them away. They, just because they're down 2-0 doesn't mean the series is over, right? So it, it's not going to be an easy task, and Chris Paul has to play way better. Like, that was one of his worst games. Hey, so you know uh, when you move to a new community – this is a new community to me because everybody I went to school with graduated. I went to school here 20 years ago, right? They're all old. They're like, I know Billy. I know a couple of the folks here, Dalton and I and Richard here behind the scenes are just been great, but I don't know a lot of people. So the very first day of soccer tryouts for the twins, you know, I, I made it a point for the, the twins to meet people. Same with the girls. When they went to challenge tryouts, the boys tried out at Cavalry and, um, I made sure I met, I met people. So I met this guy, Philip Vargas, who has become a dear friend of mine in just a couple of months. He had never heard of No Layups. He's listening to the show right now. So we have at least one new viewer because of my move to College Station. So if I continue to move 
and follow the same game plan right here for the next because we had a big audience with ABC 13. We're down to four viewers now because we lost that that, that mothership that we had, but we're going to build sure. it back up like it was in the beginning. Um, but if I keep moving easy, we'll start yeah. building that audience. Did you One do your move part? at a time? Did you do your part yesterday? I rep no layups. Okay. I, I, I had Tyler Milner on this morning from Sports Radio 610. He's an Aggie uh, in, on 610, and he always talks about AM. And on Texags, I talk about you and mm -hmm. I talk about no layups. So I'm asking you, did you jam no layups down Adam Clanton's throat? Did you let him know that that's the number one place to get your stuff? Or did you? No way. I completely distanced myself. I was like, ugh, <laughs> I'm not talking. Of course I did. That's the first thing I mentioned. It was like one of the big things after I got laid off was. We started doing no layups more and to, to have a, a bi-weekly conversation. Was it bi-weekly? No, it was a twice-weekly. Hey, no. Hey, twice-weekly conversation with your best friend on air. That was like one of the best things after I got laid off and it helped me through a lot of different things. And I told them it became the number one digital show for ABC 13. They moved it to the app because they were getting so many views and it continued getting great numbers. So it was, it was a pretty cool. It was yeah. definitely the best talk show on the ABC 13 app. That we know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's the, be it the best digital show. Best talk show, digital show. Honestly, <laughs> that thing should have won Emmys and Jemmys, whatever they call the, the, the Webbies. What do they call it? Uh, what, no, it's called the... What is it? I forgot what it's called. Justin Sternberg. Yeah. List, we have two. We have love two. It. He can get us an audience. Let's do it. But the, the problem with Justin Sternberg, for those who don't know... Justin and I have been friends since I started at 13. He's the one who kind of got me back on the triathlon train. This guy will come up to you and tell you how to run a four-minute mile and expect you to do it because he can do it. And like, and he'll tell you, oh, yeah, I went to the gym yesterday, lifted 225 three times. Yeah, it was – no, you didn't, Justin. You didn't lift 225. I, you didn't. I, it was 25. I believe you. It was 95 together. Okay? You didn't lift 225. <laughs> and people, he's just like Juan Beltran, uh, our buddy, the Shrexican. Certain people do these amazing things when the camera's not there. And this is one of those that I'm going to say, okay, you know what, Justin? You know what I did? I ran a 545 mile yesterday. That's what I did. Wow. Yeah, I'm proud. Where did you go? I did it with one eye shut. Have you been working out? I, mean, I know it's been hectic. That's why I'm asking. So I know Elizabeth's not listening. <laughs> I always have a meeting at the end of my day. That meeting's at the gym. I don't have to tell her where I'm at. I'm working. Yes, yeah. I'm working out six days a week without failure. Good. That's good. I just want to make sure. And, and another thing, I'm wearing a large. This is a large, not a medium, not a medium. All right. But people love to tell me I'm wearing a tight shirt when I'm not wearing a tight. It's not a tight. You know what? It, why it's tight? Because I work out. Because you put the work in. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. But that's a medium for sure. It uh, Extra medium. Extra medium so large and i've washed those. why isn't there an extra medium we have extra small extra There's small large. extra large there should be an extra medium option for for guys like me where i like a medium fit but i just need an extra tightness to it and i don't like calling it medium because that's not out of size but you know the only people who make fun of you for wearing shirts that are too tight are people who don't look good in tight shirts. Duh. That's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. There, there's nobody. That's, why, in that's tight why I never. Anytime I'm like somebody makes fun of me, I go, "Come on, man. Come on, man. I I can't even take you seriously right now. You're in a two XL, bro." So there was one guy who who talked about tight jeans. I don't wear tight jeans. Okay. And by the way, 
people in College Station wear Wranglers. Those are the tightest jeans I know. Yeah. That's a fact, all right? Those are tighter than skinny jeans. Fact. Boot cut. Boot cut right. on the bottom, like tight all the way through. Yes. You've got to have an opening for the boots. Got to. Right. And, and I and I respect the hustle. Like, I will tell you the truth. I have, I did not grow up around country music. You like country music. Yeah. Uh, I, I just didn't grow up. On this show, we play a little bit of variety. We play sometimes some Bad Bunny, sometimes some Garth Brooks. Like we, you know, and, and, and I have an appreciation. I just don't know who anybody is, but I have an appreciation for it. But there was one guy who came at me for wearing tight jeans and a tight shirt. And real. It's hard for me not to respond to every single person. I know. I got to do the Joe Rogan and like not read stuff because I will respond. And like, I got Dalton in my ear, like, dude, just don't. No, I have to. Like, it's no, one of those Dalton, if there's one lesson, Does this there's one happen? lesson I can pass on to you is he's going to snap back. So, 100% I want to snap. But like, and I do it in love. Like, some of it is fun. Like, I, it, I enjoy it. Like, it's banter. That's what sports are about, right? Having a back and forth. So, I, I'm cool with it. But like, does Hayden ever make a mistake? And I don't know, Nishma maybe corrects her, but you have to get in a word. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is uh, about life. I, do. I, I have to be heard. Sorry. I have even to. if it's, even if it's, I just repeat what she just said to my daughter. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I, but I need to let her know that. Yeah. Daddy's also on board with this. Daddy's on board. In fact, I sometimes take it further. What did your mom say? You're grounded from TV for a day, two days. Oh, no. I go, hey, you know, maybe we should go half a day. You know, may, maybe we, we cut it back a little bit. Then I become the good guy. Hey, and then uh, mommy's the bad person. <laughs> hey, let me, let me, uh, before we go to the interview with. Uh, Which, by the way, it's like, it's like four minutes long. <laughs> yeah, it's so short. These, these. It's six minutes. Watching. It's six minutes. I just thought it's six minutes. Well, um, jokes. For those watching, a, um, a junket is not what it's all cracked up to be. There was a time where he and I would fly to Las Vegas or Los Angeles, Oakland to these awesome junkets, and we'd get like six, seven minutes with a superstar celebrity. I, I got Christian Bale, Batman, which, by the way, for those, where is it? There it is. There's Batman there is. right there. I, I tell people there's always going to be a Batman in the shot. I'm Jerry Seinfeld with Superman. I got Batman. But I went and I flew to L.A. and interviewed. There it is, yeah. Uh, Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, the Wolverine, Brad Pitt, Moneyball, Michael Lewis. Like I've, um, what's the name of the guy, the chubby comedian who got skinny? Who's that? Jo- uh, Jonah Hill. Yeah, I like him. I got, I've, I've gotten to do some cool things, but it's never a very long interview. We're talking five, six minutes. Yeah. Apple TV has been very good to us. Apple TV Plus, giving us some interviews in the past from Ted Lasso. We got uh, Coach Beard on, and it literally was four minutes. And I asked an extra question. I felt terrible. <laughs> we got in. They're like, hey, 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 buddy. Last question. And I, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see. Uh, So here is our awesome interview with Coach Beard from Ted Lasso. Soccer, tell us about it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's really all all, all it. I don't want to give anything away, but someone gets their hand cut off. Uh, (laughs) It's just a matter of who's it going to be. We'll see. That's going to be some fun stuff. Now, it's been so much fun to see the the cast interact together for season two, of course, on social media. Was there added pressure based on what happened in season one and the success and how it took off filming season two? No, um, there really wasn't. And um, part of it is because, well, we just choose not to put that pressure on us because it wouldn't help tell our stories any better. Um, but also... 
you know, response to uh, season one, you know, season one dropped in August, we had started writing season two in May. So by the time season one dropped and, you know, some reviews came in and stuff, we knew what the season two story was going to be. So um, those responses, instead of adding pressure, they were more just like, a, you know, we could breathe a sigh of relief and, and know that we were, we were on the right track and we could trust that uh, this, you know, our, our take on what a sitcom is nowadays, um, you know, might, might be uh, reasonably effective and we should just keep on doing what we're doing. How did the show actually come about, though? How, how did you and Jason just get these minds together and create it? Uh, well, Jason got hired to do some commercials for NBC Sports um, when they got the coverage of the Premier League. And um, him and me and uh, the other creator, Joe Kelly, um, we threw together these commercials. And, uh, you know, at the time, the thing was just like, oh, well, if we do these commercials, we'll get to go to England for three whole days. <laughs> um, and now it's eight years later and I've spent almost a year of the last two years of my life in London. And we're still talking about this thing <laughs> that was really just kind of like, you know, almost, almost random little, little tossed off thing that we never thought we would ever see again. And now it's, it's my life. And it's a good part of your life. And it's helped so many people in their lives, especially last year being as hard as it was for so many people, this show, I mean, David and I included, it helped us a lot get through, you know, a really hectic last year. What's the kindest thing you've heard from a fan about the impact of season one on their life? Oof, um, boy, it's hard to uh, it's hard to even nail one down because, like, you know, there's just so much, so much, you know, overwhelmingly nice things that people say on Twitter and and stuff. Um, I, I guess one little cool thing uh, that comes to mind is. Every once in a while, you'll see like a school classroom or a, a, a team um, that has put up a believe sign um, and they're, you know, they're tapping it, you know, Notre Dame style uh, on their way in and out of either a game or, or their class. And like, I mean, that's it was not our intention to be inspiring people. It was not our intention to uh, to get people through hard times, per se. You know, we just wanted to make people laugh. But if there's a believe sign in classrooms, then that that's a physical manifestation of of getting some positive energy in kids' lives, and that's that's a cool feeling. Obviously, the show works because it's brilliant writing, but talk about the chemistry because it really resonates on screen. We see it. Uh, you guys all seem like genuine buds. I mean, we really scored with with I mean, the whole cast. You know, we none of us had ever uh, worked with any of these people before, except Bill Lawrence had worked with Brett Goldstein before. But um, you know, we the whole cast are there just because they were right for the part. And then you get there, you know, flying all the way across the world, and like, oh, we're gonna hope this works out. And we we really hit the jackpot. Everyone across the board is cool. Everyone's fun to hang out with. Um, no one's a diva. Um, and they all memorize their lines so well in that country. Oh my gosh, I help write these scripts and I don't, I don't have the memorization that they do. Oh, it's amazing. So yeah, we're, we look like we're having fun because we're having fun. Let me ask you a question back here relating to sports in the United States. If there's one coach that you could apply and redo that coach's personality and put Ted Lasso's personality into that coach, who would it be? <laughs> um, if I could put Ted Lasso's personality in anyone, it would be former Bears coach Dick Duran, who had no personality at all. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, Brennan. Uh, you know, what, what, one of the things I really love about the show, too, is 
being a football guy and a soccer guy, you guys have jokes that just work on both sides. How much soccer did you know? Um, as much as you can know without ever having played it and not really even discovering it until you're well into your 20s. Um, you know, as a kid in Chicago, soccer didn't penetrate at all. You know, the Chicago Sting of the uh, NASL existed, but I never went to any of their games. Um, didn't really watch World Cups. 94, when it was in America, I kind of like checked out a couple things like, okay, cool. But then in 99, I moved to Amsterdam, and this is before you could stream anything. So I had a big sports-shaped hole in my life. And Michael Jordan had just retired. Oh, boy, that was shattered. <laughs> um, and that was a, uh, a good environment for soccer to just come walking into my heart. And, um, and I felt, like, mad. Like, why didn't anyone tell me soccer doesn't suck? Soccer's amazing. And so I kind of, you know, you reading, like, every soccer magazine I could find, uh, in English anyway, on newsstands in, in Holland, I – like devoured sponge-like, you know, sort of history of the game. And, uh, and so now I'm, you know, if I'm ever on Jeopardy and soccer is a category, I'm feeling good about my chances. Thank you so much, Brendan. We appreciate the time, man. Hey, thank you guys. Cheers. Thank you, Brendan. There you go. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. The interview, was it good? I didn't listen. It was all right. I was responding. Now he's actually really good. He's he he gave us a lot of good answers. True or false? Did you forget his name before the interview? No, I didn't. I remember it. Brendan Hunt. Huh? Right, Brendan Hunt. I think I don't. I forgot the name. <laughs> now you're making me. Hold on, hold on. I gotta <laughs> see. You got. I gotta fact check this. Yeah, I think Brendan Hunt. Yeah. No, that's not him. <laughs> no, is it? <laughs> Brendan. Yeah, that's him. That's it. It is him. I Brandon called him Hunt. in the interview, so it's definitely Brendan. Yeah, Brendan Hunt. Brendan yeah. Hunt. Uh, so, I don't know. Do we keep doing these? No, nah, we're done. This is our no, last one ever. No, we'll do another one. Uh, <laughs> hey, not on uh, Sunday. Probably not on Sunday. You going to come to the call station and hang out in the Tech Sack studio? Hey, whenever you guys want to invite me, all right, and Luch opens up the, the pocketbooks there. No, 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 goes, no, no. This is, no, no, I'm not coming up there for free. Come on now. I'm going to come hang yeah. out with your friend and your little nephews and nieces that you, you love so much. Okay. Okay. Maybe for a Hempstead watermelon. You guys throw one watermelon in, I'm in. I can do that. Uh, and you <laughs> know, maybe Juan will show up at some point. That dude loves to talk about fitness now. He loves to talk about it, but he doesn't do it. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He, I'll, I'll give him this. He is working out hard. He has made some adjustments in his life. <laughs> 